What's Boo? That's what I decided to call her. Is there a problem? Sorry, you're not supposed to name it. Once you name it, you start getting attached to it. Now put that thing back where it came from, or so help me! Oh, hi! We're rehearsing uh, a scene for the upcoming company play called uh, Put That Thing Back Where It Came From, or So Help Me. <laughs> it's a musical. <laughs> yeah, put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. So help me, so help me, and cut. <laughs> We're still working on it. It's a work in progress, but hey, we need ushers. You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for... Because this is for the Raza. This is for the Raza. This is Reformed Rasa. My name is Martin V. Feedme, alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And what up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic. And you are now in the mix. Don't forget to hit us up at reformedrasa.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. You can hit up the website now. And uh, it's a work in progress, but we're going to be updating it. And we're going to have some cool stuff on there. It's going to be our center for everything Reformed Rasa, your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now, of course. So hit us up right there, reformedrasa.com. Follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a comment. And yeah, man, we're going to get it in. We're going to get it in today. All right, all right. Season 2, Episode 8, Twist, Churros, and Not Scripture. <laughs> so what does that mean, Twist, Churros, and Not Scripture? So, any Hispanic, any Hispanic, any Latino, or Mexican in this case, um, our favorite dessert or we can't get enough of churros man you we see the elotero or not i don't think elotero no, any stand you know <laughs> out there you know you <laughs> know you walking down a swami you swami, see you know, like, there you go swami, dude there you go swami this, when they open no oh, that's the first thing i'm gonna hear do is swami when things open up again dude serio get myself a churro you know you got uh, lots of different kinds um, you got the regular straight kinds that just have the ridges on the side. Those are the common ones. And you got the other churros that have the the, the filling inside. You got strawberry, you got vanilla, you got uh, others. And then you got the ones that twist all around. Those churros that we're talking about right there. Twist churros and not scripture. So don't take scripture out of context and twist it up like a churro. Damn. Don't 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 do scripture like you do a churro. Churro is a delicious dessert. A delicious dessert. <laughs> nah, nah. Let's not get into that. We left that alone in season one. <laughs> 
So yeah, man. So I mean, don't do to scripture what you would do to a churro is to just devour it for your own cons- consumption and just forget about it. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so we we especially as people that hold to the five solas, sola scriptura, uh, we hold scripture up very highly. Uh, it is to to be esteemed. It is to be taken um, seriously when you get into the scripture. We don't mess with God's word. We don't. We dare not um, um, mess with God's word. That is the word of the living God, and it is a revelation of God. This is where we know who God is, how we can get close to this God, how we f- we find out what His grace is, His mercy, what the gospel is, the story of Jesus Christ from beginning to end, the story of uh, fallen man, the story of redemption. We find all this in, in the pages of wonderful Scripture. So we dare not mess with it. In a in a faithful preacher. A faithful man of God, uh, he will correctly interpret the Bible, the Word of God, and he will not use it for his own gain. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we see that a lot these days, especially with the rise of the mega church thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa come on, man! Come on, R2. <laughs> I, I would even say um, that that it also comes to when the world tries to use Scripture to approve to prove their point. Yeah. Whenever you see like a movement going on or whenever you see anything that's going on um, and and they want to try to be inclusive to the Christian culture to try to say that, yes, even Christianity proves my point. Yeah. And and they may use scripture out of its context to Mm -hmm. prove their point, which in in other words, sometimes in in some cases it will even prove them wrong. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah. That's, yeah, so, that's how yeah. I've seen it as well. Yeah, exactly. So today we're going to, we all have a scripture that we're going to um, dissect a little bit and we're going to give the out of context version and then we're going to put it back in its proper context. We're going to bust up Mike Wazowski right here. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> we monster sync up in here right now, right? And so, yeah, so Justin, he's going to hit us off with our first uh scripture that people love to take out of context and we're going to put that thing right back in there so so if you have your bibles it is going to be found in matthew chapter 6 in verse 33 so matthew 6 33 and so the scripture by itself it says but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you and so when whenever I, I see the scripture or hear the scripture, when it's used out of its context, it is mainly used the latter end of the scripture when it says that and all these things will be added to you. Um, most times when it's being used, I hear that it's being used when people are praying for certain things, when they're um, asking for God for certain, um, I, whatever it may be that they feel like they're in, in, in lack of, not necessity but things that they want. And so most times that, that the scripture, you'll find it in, in um, word of faith movement mm-hmm. type preachings or, or, or churches where, you know, and, and you know, they, they couple this with other verses too, where it says, you know, by faith, if you ask, yeah. you will receive it. And then, and then with the scripture, you know, well, I mean, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Whatever, whatever it is that, that God has placed in your heart, he'll give it to you. But that, that's not the case. I mean, it, and, and, and we can quickly see that when you go and, and actually read the chapter, which it is taken from. And so when you when you look into the chapter, I mean, even just a few verses beforehand, 
um, Jesus because so so as a little background this is taking this, this scripture is, is taken out of a full context of the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. so in Matthew specifically in Matthew uh, uh, um, these two chapters in chapter 6 and 5 I believe yeah 5 to 6 and also in 7 um, Jesus is preaching on the Sermon on the Mount he's, he's given his Sermon on the Mount and 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 so through that he is he's portraying one one um one uh what do you call that one message and through it he's dividing it between different subparts and so if you try to fit that message the the one that you hear typically into his into his sermon you will see that it won't line up to what everything else that he is saying and then so let, let us let us go back just a couple of verses just so we could get a little context in just this area that that we get get this scripture from and so if we go back to verse 19 it says do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal so already in just verse 19 we already see that that jesus is is even telling the crowd the people don't lay yourselves up treasures on earth so already he's already speaking against um, material wealth he's already speaking against for us trying to store up these things that we would want here why because this isn't our final destination. That all these things will will be um, taken away by rust. They will be destroyed by moss and, and all these things. Um, and so then he goes on to urge, lay yourselves up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then of course it moves forward in verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if the eye is healthy, your whole body will be filled of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. So now he is now even pointing out, Jesus is pointing out, serving two masters. Um, and, and he's talking specifically about the eye being the lamp of the body. Um, and you know, you could take that every which way, but one of the ways that you can see this is that, what, what is it that we are desiring with our eyes? And that will go on to portray what master we are serving. And so if we are desiring, um, and then even here at the end of um, verse 24, it says, you cannot serve God and money. So specifically, he's talking about treasures, money, and things that we can't store up here. So let us not desire the things on the earth, in which case, <laughs> when, when the scripture is being used, that most times we're, we're hoping for these things on earth to be added to us in our own inventory, in our own treasure box. So he is saying here that we we cannot serve both God and money or serve God in our own idols, whatever it is that that we worship, whatever it is that we hold dearly to us above God. And so even from there and then just moving forward, Jesus is is now encouraging them not to be anxious with anything in life. So first he is saying, now, you know, get whatever it is that, that you have placed your treasure on earth. No more shall it be. Place your treasures in heaven. Why? Because there there will be no damage being brought to it. And then furthermore, he goes on to say, now don't be anxious about anything in your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear on your body, all these things. And then he goes to point out the sparrow and, and the birds. And he, look, they, they do not store up, but yet your heavenly father provides for them. 
not saying that birds just sit and do nothing all day. No, every day the bird gets up. I mean, you even hear that quote, the early bird gets the worm. Mm-hmm. Every day the, the, the sparrow gets up, goes searching for its food, um, brings it back, eats, shares it with its um, little babies. I forgot the name you call the little babies of birds. But, but nonetheless, it, it's not worrying. The bird, you don't see animals worrying about their next meal. And so here he is trying to provide this illustration that now moving forward, let us not be anxious. And then he ends this whole, this little portion right here. He says about not being anxious about the food that you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. And he sums it up with seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So Jesus is saying that when when our main and our first focus, our first priority is the kingdom of God, which is what? To go and preach his gospel, to go and seek his righteousness. That when we are doing these things, God will provide. Not that we're neglecting our, our needs for our bodies. But when our focus is first God, these things will come. The, the Father will provide for us. And so in the context, that's what it, what Jesus is getting to. That is what he was trying to impact into the, the ones listening to him. That, that when God is our priority, our Heavenly Father will provide for us because he cares for us much more than the sparrow that he already cares for. Yeah, and that just goes to show that... Um that the Lord, He knows our needs. Uh, I forgot the other portion of the scripture where it says, uh, where he, he knows the needs that you have, and uh, some, something like that. But uh, God knows the needs that we have. And just to, um, it says another portion, um, you know, what father amongst you will give you a, a stone instead of bread, or a snake instead of a fish, or, or, or you know, anything like that like if you says you if you being evil know how to give good things to your children how much more your heavenly father will give to you so think about the things that he named you know things are necessities bread fish uh god promises to provide for our needs and not necessarily for our wants yeah mm-hmm. and so that's that's the assurance that we have in christ also that as we're seeking him and as we're doing his will as we're obeying him he's gonna he's gonna put he's gonna provide you know i don't know any christian that would say out there man god left me hanging you know what i mean god provides for our needs you know what i mean sometimes i even trip out like how the heck do, do i even get by do living in california do other people from other states be like dude how do you guys even make it out here i don't know the lord provides you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and, and 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 even with that message real quick um he is not saying for the christian to just read their bible and pray preach the gospel not worry about um i, I mean and then just sit on their hands not doing any type of work no we need to yeah. carry on you know we need to work go out and work and 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 continue with the word of god but he's talking but the emphasis is what is our focus where where does our treasure lie as what he's spoken mm-hmm. beforehand where is our treasure if our treasure is in christ everything else will be added to us as far as our necessities everything that we would need on on on, on the in this world yeah i think uh, um the the verse before it how it says for the gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all so i, I think um it's kind of like 
the world is seeking after these things because they don't have a God who, who provides for all, for for their needs. But right here, it's talking about the love of a father. Your, your heavenly father knows that you need these things. He's not he's not ignorant or anything about it. He knows that you need these things. But but it's just like you said, Justin, uh, first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Don't just sit, it doesn't mean just sit down. It means go out there and put in work. And at the same time, I think it's a personal um, growing in your sanctification. Like focus on the priority, which is God and his kingdom Uh you yourself being sanctified day by day and also just uh, building up the church, building up the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then God will, will provide all of your needs. Cause I know there, there's so many people that, that I know that just like Martin said, how, 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 how do you, how do you have all these things? God provides. You just, you just never, you don't even know how, but God provides because he's sticking true to a, to, to his promises as a father to his children. And so, I, I like how you, how you broke that down, that our focus should be God and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. I like how you broke that down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing when we're reading scripture, we always got to take in consideration the context. What's this chapter? What's this book about? How did it get to this chapter, to this scripture? What's going on before? What's going on afterwards? And how does this scripture apply to my life today? And not in a superficial kind of way, but how does this scripture really, you know, impact me? How, how, what is it a descriptive text or is it a prescriptive text? You know, that descriptive text is describing, you know, the situation that's happening and that's all it's doing. It's just um, describing the situation and you get a lot of those scriptures in the Old Testament where, you know, which things are just going down. And there's prescriptive text where now you got to make an application to your life. And so we got to make the difference, uh, the distinction between those two every time we're reading scripture. And then that's just to, you know. I, I think a good example would be um, in, in Old Testament when it talks about how David slung the stone oh, at yeah. Goliath. <laughs> that's and, a descriptive and he text. stumbled over and then he ran over, picked up his sword and cut off his head. That's descriptive. That's not yeah. going and telling us, okay, now you need to carry around stones in your pocket with yeah. some slings <laughs> so that you may one day when you face somebody taller than you. Yeah, your, your, your stone of encouragement, your stone of bravery, your stone of faith. No, that's not. That's, yeah, that, that's that, a good example. That's descriptive as yeah. far as it, it's talking about an event that happened. And yeah, you'll yeah. see that most times in Old Testament, that a lot of it is descriptive. Yeah, and, and they'll, they'll make uh, Goliath to be your giant problem. In, in your life you know what I mean and then you're David and then you gotta get those that that slingshot of faith and, and just rebuke that giant in your life but you know that that's actually goes along with what we just said like like how you just mentioned in, in, in Matthew 6 where and it's not like it's not calling you to just sit back and just do nothing it's calling you to to, to yeah. seek to actively do something because when you get those kind of scriptures and you get those kind of preachings where like you just got to rebuke that giant you just got to rebuke that you're staying there rebuking things and you're not doing anything you know what i mean like you like that that goes into a whole lot of things man we can do an episode just on all that kind of stuff where where you know rebuke that you know that sickness and then you ain't taking no medication it's like you know that that could be a life-threatening thing you know what i mean we, we also gotta use wisdom and god has provided medicine for us you know what i mean yeah so it can go off to a dangerous road when you take scriptures out of context and that's an important thing you know what i mean because 
that's I man when you think about it dude that's scary dude when you when you take scripture so out of context that people actually die because of that you know and, and i believe that that's an area where uh, where we could see well actually okay never mind. i don't want to get into that right now in this episode <laughs> but uh um, if we have time at the end we'll get into it bro <laughs> but uh no yeah so so not saying that just because it's descriptive we can't apply it there are, there are areas where yeah when it is descriptive we can apply it in a way that that would be practical and biblical but not in a way of for the example that we used earlier with david slinging the stone yeah um, yeah and you stop taking medicine because you're just rebuking the cancer oh, that's dangerous but there's other scriptures now that that teach us just about who god is and his character and um and just about the lord you know what i mean so we can get a lot of scriptures taken out of context and actually mischaracterize who god is and i i so i also believe those are dangerous as well so my scripture would be in genesis chapter 50 verse 20 i'll just read the scripture first um it says um as for you you meant evil against me but god meant it for good and that's that's all we get that's all we hear and then where it's actually misquoted and we hear the devil meant it meant evil against me but god used it for good but that's not even the complete scripture and the complete scripture is as for you you meant evil against me but god meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today and so what we usually hear and i believe this is one of the most misquoted texts of all time where it's not actually they're not actually saying the the scripture as it is so we hear this a lot where people say um for example um you're on your way to to a ministry event let's just say you know a concert or a car show or whatever and you're speaking at that at that concert or or whatever you're 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 participating actively in this ministry event and then you get a flat tire on the way on the freeway and then and then yeah all of a sudden the first thing that comes to your mind the devil's attacking me the devil he's mean he knows that people are gonna get saved and that i'm gonna bring people to the lord and he's trying to stop me so you pray on the side of the road and all these things and then you rebuke the, the devil <laughs> no 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 i'm not, I'm not trying to clown nobody this, this, this is real stuff you just did <laughs> you laugh <laughs> I'm not trying. You know, sh- shout out to all my Pentecostal brothers out there, man. Hey, shout out. out. We love our Pentecostal brothers and sisters out there. For real. But I, what, what I'm trying to say is that we give too much credit to the devil, and we use this uh, scripture to to kind of give give credit to the devil where credit is not even due to the devil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could be that no, it is. You know. We gotta go back to Romans eight twenty. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to to His purpose. And we're gonna see that how that applies right here. But first, it's misapplied by by giving too much credit to to the devil and saying everything everything that goes wrong in your life is an attack from the enemy. So all you gotta do is just you know start rebuking the enemy, and you don't do anything. You're just rebuking things. And I say that is um, not the correct interpretation of the scripture and we're going to see why right now when we actually read the whole portion um 
as it relates to this scripture to see how it really fits. So just a bit of a background. Um, this is Joseph. Um, if you know the story of Joseph, he, he was part of, um, you know, the, the, the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, the father Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, he had uh, 12 uh, sons, which became the 12 tribes of Israel. And then Joseph being the last one, which was the favorite of Jacob, um, he got sold into slavery because his brothers hated him because he was the favorite. And then uh, he went to slavery, um, ultimately becoming second in command to Pharaoh. And, and, and that's how the people arrived in Egypt. And that's where they multiplied and then, you know, Moses and that whole thing. So this is a portion where um, Joseph's brothers, um, after they discovered that that was their brother that they sold into slavery and after their father died, which was Jacob. And now the, the, the his brothers are kind of panicking and thinking that, oh, man, you know, he's going to get revenge on us because, you know, we're going to we sold him into slavery and this and that. So this is where we're going to begin. Genesis 50, 15, it says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now... Please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept and they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before and before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he com comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So the main part of this scripture is the second part of verse 20, where he says, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So the whole plan of God was to take the people of Israel and place them in Egypt. And in order to do that, he meant for his brothers to betray Joseph, to sell him into slavery, for Joseph to, to go to Egypt, to rise above second in command uh, to Pharaoh because it was a famine that was going to hit the land of Canaan where they were at. And in order for God to save his covenant people, he took them out of that land and placed them in the land where they will be provided for. And so and the means that God used to bring to save his people was for Joseph to be sold into slavery and, and be given this position so that he can um, have all this food to be able to provide for his family and and thus save the bloodline because if they would have stayed if, if, if joseph would have never been sold into slavery they most likely would have died of the famine and the the bloodline of jesus christ would have been cut off right there so it goes deeper than just um the surface in order to to the for, for the bloodline to continue so that ultimately jesus christ can front can come from judah which is one of the sons of the 12 uh one of the 12 
so that you know salvation can come to the world um he used this means to to bring about his plan and his purpose now notice what it doesn't say the devil is not mentioned here he placed no part in the situation this was all god this was uh god working through uh these people and and the you know this is very heavy stuff because uh the brothers they actually meant evil against joseph they actually did that out of their own hatred out of their own uh jealousy uh and they really wanted to harm joseph but at the same time god was using that to bring about his plan and his purpose to save his people so when we talk about the sovereignty of god go back to season one we did an episode on the sovereignty of god god ultimately is supremely in control over the lives of of us believers and you know we can even do a whole episode on what what position or what 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 does the devil play in the life of the believers but i don't think it's 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 much you know what i mean yes we we do have the potential to get you know spiritually attacked when we're when we let our guard down because the devil came to uh uh like a roaring lion to seek someone who he may devour not to devour but someone that he may devour because another misconception is that if you're not being attacked by the devil then you're not doing you're not a threat to his kingdom and you're not doing anything when on the contrary uh, the devil comes like a like a roaring lion what does a lion do he goes after the weak ones he goes and he doesn't go the line doesn't go up to the to the to the head of the of of the 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 herd and tax the big one no they get the the weak one that stays behind so it's actually on the contrary you're being constantly attacked by the devil and maybe because you're not you're not that swole as you think you are in the word of god you messed up your game up right there so in conclusion um god works all things for the good for those who are called according to his purpose that's that would be the 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 context of that that god is ultimately working behind the scenes sovereignly to bring about his plan and if we are in christ all things and that means all things whether good or bad in our lives are actually working out for the benefit of us believers and what we got to do is continue in faith and trust in god knowing that this situation that is hard for us is actually working out for the for the good and that would be the appropriate context it's the sovereignty of god working uh, behind the scenes and we can trust in him because he ultimately has our good in thought and he will bring about his purposes and his will and we are to rejoice in that because the will of god is being done in our lives in in that portion we we could see the will of god right there and Mm -hmm. how god allowed joseph's mother to be barren for for quite a while for a certain amount of time to pass until joseph was born because joseph was the youngest of the 12. Mm -hmm. um and and so and so if you read the life of joseph joseph was because he was born of um the favored wife of abraham he then would become the favored son of Abraham. And because of that, he didn't work in the field. He, instead, Abraham instructed him and taught him how to read and write and all these things. And so he kept him out of the field while the other brothers went out to the field. 
and he even put on placed on him and made a, a rainbow coat mm -hmm. for him to wear something that would be very expensive while the other sons didn't get any of that not even the firstborn and so through that god had allowed all that to build and so we see the purpose for these things these events and joseph's life to play out in in just the beginning of exodus where it said that where we go on to read that even after joseph passes at the age of 110 it says but the people of israel were fruitful and increasingly and increased greatly they multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them so god's purpose and plan for for the drought that happened in egypt for the brothers to have to come to egypt i mean to to where joseph was at so that they may get grain because joseph uh, was able to establish a way to save grain so that during the, the seven years of the drought people will then have to come to where Joseph was at, that they may come and get grain and for all that to play out so that God would be able to preserve his people, his covenant people and increase their number. Because then during this time, um, the, 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 the 12 brothers all then they come and they reside in Egypt. And during that time in Egypt, um, over from Joseph all the way to Pharaoh, um, to the time of Moses, we see that their numbers have increased so much. Millions. And then even then, in, even when Pharaoh came into power, um, who didn't know anything about Joseph or any of the previous, um, anything about what happened previously, even when he saw that their numbers were, were increasing, he then applied more um, to oppress them even more. But then we even read that even during their oppression, they multiplied even more. And they spread more abroad over Egypt. God's people through Joseph's suffering during that time was meant for the good for his people. Yeah. Even though they couldn't see at the moment. And even though um, Joseph's brothers out of their own actions hated their brother, not because God forced them to hate. No, out of their own, out of out their, their own, own will, will <laughs> they hated their own brother. They, they sought to kill him, but instead ended up selling him into slavery out of their own uh, will. And it's because of that, through all that, God had allowed all that to take place through his uh, divine sovereignty. Uh, the master chess player allowed all these things to happen so that his people, his covenant people, would then be able to prosper and grow in numbers. Yeah, and I think it's just more than allowing this thing to happen. He actually... Purpose for this yeah. to happen this is actually the plan of yeah. god for joseph to be sold into slavery and to be put in a dungeon and to go through all those things that was actually the, the plan of god it wasn't the devil it was god's plan for that to happen so we just got to remember that and even even more thing after joseph you know um the, the brothers came to to Jacob and you know they killed an animal and put blood on on, on his on his coat like well, he was attacked by an animal presented it to Jacob and you know he's gone he's, he's dead so he Jacob thought that Joseph died so he ended up having another kid Benjamin which where the apostle Paul came from so think about that yeah. so if Joseph was never sold into slavery we would never have half of the New Testament. I think uh, this scripture too, the way that it's properly put and the way that's taken out of context, it, it shows a lot of things. It shows the depravity of man. It shows how mm -hmm. sinful uh, 
the the hearts of, of men are in that we are we are born in wickedness and so with that 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 shows us that that of course now we have G- jesus who died on the cross for us and that we sometimes put the devil in where he's not even there in the first place yeah like sometimes it, it's it's you that's the problem yeah and we want to say it's the devil it's like no you you're the problem it's your heart that that has to be dealt with and 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 we blame the devil too much and he's not even there yeah the the scripture (laughs) actually calls us more to wage war on our own flesh on our own flesh exactly yeah so so you know if, if something if we sin say it's, uh, we cuss or, or or something happens we want to go right away and say oh it's the devil the devil made me do it wait a minute hmm. Jesus Christ on the cross said well, well in the book, book, of, book of John but the reason why Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil so the devil has no control over the believer mm-hmm he has no power whatsoever because that's why Jesus Christ came. One of the purpose was to destroy the works of the devil and to set free those who were who were in bondage to sin. And so now uh, us as believers, we can't say, oh, well, the devil made me do it or the devil caused this. Who is more sovereign, God or the devil? <laughs> are, you, are you slave to the devil? Is he your puppet master or what? Yeah. He's making you do these things? I mean, the the devil's not even mentioned on there, and I, I feel like we do that too much. Something happens in our life, say that we're late to work, like, oh, the devil made me late to work. No, you can wake up early, dude. <laughs> it, 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 ain't, it ain't the devil, it's you. Put, put your flesh in check. Put yourself in check. Yeah. That's why the Bible constantly t- tells us to to put to death these things, to to you know mortify the mortify flesh. the flesh mm-hmm. on the daily because mm-hmm. daily Galatians will tell us that it's a battle against the flesh and the spirit the devil's not even mentioned there yeah I mean it's it's a daily daily battle with the flesh and the spirit and and so uh that's a mis- misconception in itself when we think that the scriptures talk about this war of evil versus good you know like the devil is just as powerful as God and they're just going at it for the souls of man and that that's that I mean to put the devil up there with God and they're as equals fighting each other these, these two powers this this Sith Lord versus the Jedi and then they're getting <laughs> at it you know what I mean that's not that's not how it works right there uh, like how you said uh, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and every time you see the devil doing something it's always in submission to God's will we see this Job. obviously in the book of Job yeah Job. But not, not only that but we see that in the book of Revelation and in in and the, the the beast he says and he was allowed to do these things He's in submission to God's will, and he, God is allowing him to do these things. Not only that, Jesus said, Satan has asked for you, Peter. He asked for you. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, and do that. No, the devil actually had to get permission and, and to be able to do these things. He said, but what did Jesus say? But I have prayed for you that your faith may endure. Yeah, yeah. I've I seen I see him in, like, pictures where... Where Jesus and the devil are in a boxing ring and they're trying to box it out, or or, or they're arm wrestling, like seeing who, who wins. No, uh-huh. Jesus already paid the debt. He he already defeated death on the cross. He def- uh, destroyed the works of the devil. So I mean, come on. The work is finished. Come on. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go to the next one. All right. So my turn. My turn. So going to. 
Well, I, I, I didn't even when I was picking this, I, I didn't even know that that you picked the scripture. But but my scripture is Romans eight twenty eight. And so, of course, if you have your Bibles, Romans eight twenty eight. If you're at work, you're listening to this or whatever, then just just pay attention. Romans eight twenty eight. Now, this is the one of those scriptures that's very familiar. Everybody knows this scripture. Uh, this is the kind of scripture that, that you'll see on a shirt, on a cup, or something like that. It's very familiar. In fact, I even got a shirt of, of the scripture. <laughs> but, so you're guilty. So I'm guilty, yeah. How do I know that? Because I got one. All right. Romans 8, 28, we'll say it like this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. But I like the NASV version, NASV version where it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, this is the way that I see this scripture taking out of context. Everything's working out for the good for everybody. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, God's working for the good for, for, for everybody, for the sinner, for the believer, that it's kind of like they're, they're all one flock. And uh, there's there's multiple things that that, that I see um, the scripture get get misquoted. Of course, for they, they use the scripture to 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 encourage the sinner, to encourage the unbeliever. But but this is what's wrong with that. The promises of God are only for the children of God, Mm-mm-mm. and you're robbing an inheritance from the two true children of God. Dang. Because this is this scripture is not for everybody. And then sometimes the church, the church gets this, this scripture wrong and say that everything's working out for 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 uh, for my good, for 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 my prosperity. No, it's it's not working like that. It's working out for the good for those who are, who have been called according to His purpose for those who love God. So so let, let let's take the scripture and, and see what's going on because Romans chapter eight is one of my favorite portions uh, of, of scripture. But let, let's see what's going on right here. So before this portion, the word, the word of God is, is calling us to, to future glory, that the that the sufferings of this present time are not to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed uh, uh, with us. So so what is Paul basically saying right here? Because Paul's saying a lot in the book of Romans. But but Paul right here, he, he's basically talking about that that. One day it's it's not it's not really going to be like this. We're yeah we're suffering in our body, but remember that you have you know be- even before this that we have an inheritance that nothing's going to be compared. These, these sufferings are not going to be compared. That one day you know we're we're going to be with God forever because that's the ultimate destination destination of the believer to be in heaven to be with God and to to enjoy each other to enjoy each other to to, to that, re- that that relationship. But right here it, it's talking about. Uh, verse 22 chapter 8 verse 22 says for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now and not only the creation but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons of redemption of our bodies so it's so so here's here's what's going on paul is is saying there's future glory we have our final destination, which is heaven, but we're still in this body of sin. We're still in this body of flesh, and we're waiting for the redemption of our bodies. Because even before chapter 8, chapter 7, he's talking about indwelling sin. 
He's talking about um, uh, um, the, the struggle that, that the Christian faces, but Romans chapter 8 starts off with this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so it's talking about all the benefits that we have as a Christian. But then he gets to this portion where we're groaning still. Yes, we have this hope that is that we're waiting for, but we're groaning on the inside. So, so, so this hope uh, uh, that that is not seen, which is we go to uh, twenty-four. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For for in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it pa- with patience. So now we're waiting for this redemption of our bodies, the full redemption, our inheritance. We're waiting for this. We're groaning for this. And so as we're patiently waiting, this is what Paul says. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, of those who are called according to his purpose. So as we're patiently waiting, God does not leave us hanging. The word of God says that he does not leave us nor forsake us. So it's not like, um, you know, Jesus said, uh, uh, you know, repent and then and just I'll be waiting for you on this. I know he doesn't leave you. He is sovereign through it all. So Paul starts off with this and we know because Paul is saying that there's no condemnation that 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 you know God is God is sovereign that God causes all things. It ain't the devil, <laughs> which we were talking about earlier. The devil's not in this at all. Yeah. But God is causing all things. This this goes to show us that the, the sovereignty of God, which which I feel like sometimes with the scripture we just quote it just to say it, just yeah. to feel good, just to encourage somebody. But but when you break it down, that God is in control. It is His sovereignty that all things are working together for the good. So us as believers, we suffer. That's what Paul Paul said that the, the present sufferings of this time not worthy to be compared. Where we suffer. Whatever kind of suffering you're going through, yeah, we suffer. It's it's not irregular as a Christian. We do suffer. We do get tempted, and so, and sometimes we we give in to sin. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we sometimes fall. we fall we short fall. of not the me. glory of God. <laughs> not me. <laughs> but here's the thing: that God is in control of it through it all for the believer. How does that happen? I do not know. Mm-mm-mm. There's just some things that I'm not going to be able to, to explain it. But I, all I know is that God is orchestrating everything together for the good. And we're going to find out in a little bit as to what that good is. But he says that. And we know that God caused all things to work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, for who is it working out together for the good? It says it right there for those who love God. Now, this is the question. Who loves God? And everybody raises their hand. I love God. I love God. Me, me. You know, unbelievers, I love God. It's it's so easy to say that. But your actions are going to prove, are going to back up your faith. Because faith without works is dead. And so this is what what John John says. That, or, or, or Jesus, this was Jesus in the book of John. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm-mm-mm. Who loves God? The ones who abide in the word of God. Who are those who are called according to his purpose? We got to get into election. 
because that's what it's basically talking about. Who are the ones who love God? Is those who are called according to His purpose. Who are those called according to His purpose? It's those who are elected. It's the, it's the election that 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 are working together for the good, for those who love God. Now, sometimes with this scripture, we quote Romans eight twenty eight, but then we don't want to read the rest. <laughs> We forget don't want to. We, we forget about twenty nine and thirty, which is which goes along with Romans eight twenty eight, and this is where sometimes people will be like, "Oh, that's not my God. That's not the God who I serve. What kind of God is that? That's the sovereign God." Let's let's continue reading Romans eight twenty eight. Of course, it says all things work together for the good of those who love God, called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And so what is the good that is working out for the believer? Of course, it's for 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 our, our good, our benefit, which sometimes it doesn't it doesn't seem like it at the time when we're suffering or tempted or, or something like that. But it's for those whom he foreknew. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. So why are things working together for the good? Because even when the believer sins, God is chiseling something out of there. God is pruning something through 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 that through that through that fallenness, through those temptations, through those sufferings. God is molding you more and more into the image of His Son. This is for the believer. Of course, our destination is heaven. But the goal, as Paul says in the Book of Philippians, is the up. Uh, or I have it written down right here. The goal in Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The goal is to become more like Christ. And that's another scripture that we take out of, out of context. And, and we use Philippians uh, 3.14, I press on toward the goal to, to pursue our goals. Our, 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 that, that's, a, that's another one. That's another one that's taken out of context. Wait for part two of Wait this Wait for episode. part two. People want to use that to, to you know, their, their, their gym goals or whatever, but it's not talking about that. It's talking about the goal for a Christian is to become more and more like Christ. Because how, how is it going to benefit... I mean, you guys, as a husband to your wife, for the good of your wife, it would be more for you guys to be more Christ-like. And he uses and he sufferings, uses sufferings and tribulations to bring out that character. To bring out that character. Yeah, check this out. Romans exactly. 5, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that's what Romans 4 was about, how we're justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. And this is a part knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So the good that is actually working out or the purpose of God is actually uh, suffering and tribulations. For what reason? It's to produce endurance and faith in us, which produces our character and produces hope. And that's a sanctifying process right there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I heard Paul Washer once say, what's it going to be for the good for, for, or for me as a pastor that, that the congregation would see more Christ-likeness in me? What would be the benefit of, uh, you know, Anybody in my life would would be for me to be 
more conformed into the image of God. That's 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 our goal. Mm-hmm. Through the trial, through the pain, God is molding and shaping character, uh, uh, endurance, and and as these things are going, God is just molding you and shaping you, and He's maturing you through the process because we're all in the process. That's what Philippians chapter one tells us that 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 we're. Uh, that we will not be perfected until the day that the Jesus Christ comes back. So until then, we're groaning, we're in the process, but we are, we are, uh, we are encouraged by this, the golden chain, golden chain, the of golden redemption. chain of redemption. So is, sometimes that process man, is gonna hurt. <laughs> it's gonna hurt. It, I'm not. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. People think that you know. The, the good is that oh God's not gonna allow me to go through through. He's through not things. gonna give you more than you can He's handle. He's not gonna give you more than that, which is another context. <laughs> if you're taking out of context, but no, God will not leave you. Will not forsake you in your sufferings. He will ultimately work it out for the good. Perseverance of the saints. And now, now here's something that I want that nobody really talks about, but. If you say this scripture that all things work together for the good for the unbeliever for the unrepentant mm. you're causing more damage than good because what's the other side of the coin you're giving them false hope mm-hmm. you're giving them false hope but i wrote this down the other side of the coin for the unbeliever who persists in his unbelief every blessing he receives from the hand of god because you know god's common grace mm-hmm. you know, leading towards repentance in his life is ultimately working out for his damnation. Mm, mm, mm. That is the opposite. That's the other side of the coin. That so, is, hold on, hold on, hold on. Man. Yeah, that's, that's 100 right there. So you're actually causing more damage than good by saying that to an unbeliever. It's like that meme where the hand is, is sticking out of the water and then there's another hand that gives them a high five and then the hand goes into the water. Like that's literally they're literally drowning yeah. in their sin, and all you're doing is high fiving them on their way to hell. Yeah, exactly. Because if all they hear is God's working out for my good, then the unrepentant, the uh, unbeliever, when he's drugged up, God's working for. I'm in my sin. God's gonna God's, God's gonna work for it for the good, and then they end up dying in their sin, and they end up going to hell, which nobody wants to talk about, because it's a hard thing. It's a hard truth. But you're actually causing more damage than good by saying this to an unbeliever, yeah. which is, man, that, that's. So taking, taking con- uh, scriptures out of context is very dangerous. Yes, it it's is. It's not just oh well, who cares? You know what I mean? If it makes them feel good, then it's okay. But the 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 feeling of someone feeling good, it, an unrepentant unbeliever is just feeling good about himself, and he's not really receiving the true revelation of this holy and righteous God. Then he's never going to have a need for repentance. He's never going to have a need for Jesus Christ, the Savior. The Savior. He's he's just going to be like, oh, I'm good with God, and that's it. And then next thing you know, you know, I mean, they're damned. You know. So it's really a life or death situation when 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 these scriptures are taken out of context. And I think that's why, uh, especially for me, why I, I get so. Why, why I cringe so much you know what I mean when I when I hear this it's like no like the the truth of, of scripture is so much better it's so much better than what the out of context version is, is, is saying you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's really giving me a perspective of who God is of who I am in him and the hope that I have in him and I can ultimately uh, know that my God 
my Lord and Savior has paid the price for me and he won't leave me hanging. Yeah. And then and, and that's when it's in its context. There is more edification for mm-hmm. the saints. There is more encouragement from these scriptures when they are placed properly and when they're and when they are preached properly. This is how you know we could read in James, consider it joy mm-hmm. when you fall into various trials. How am I going to consider it joy? Didn't I just read that he's going to work it for the good? Mm-hmm. But it's not until you understand what the good is yeah, and how he is working. He's working it through suffering. And if you go, you know, like how you mentioned, when you go back to um, verse 18, just a few verses before that one, for I consider that my that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And then when you read that and you go back and reread the same scripture you go on to see that and we know that those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose what works for the good the sufferings of the present time Mm -hmm. that's what works for the good and what is the good the glory that will be revealed to us that we would be like christ that we will be glorified and it's not ultimately uh good as in pertaining to this life yeah you know what i mean um sometimes we're not gonna see uh, the good outcome on this earth but when we take our last breath and take our first breath in eternity that's when we'll know truly know that all things have worked out for the good you're not even gonna contemplate all the suffering you're just gonna be like in the glory of god imagine that dude Imagine just being in the glory of God in the first breath of eternity. I don't think nobody is ever going to look back and be like, uh, but what about my life on earth? Nah, uh, nah, you're not even going to pay that thing no mind. You're going to be like, just in the glory of God. We're going to be singing hallelujah. Worthy is the lamb. And, and this is how Paul will then go on to write how, um, I believe the church in Ephesus I forgot which church, but he goes on to write that even when Paul was imprisoned for preaching the gospel, they were encouraged by that. They were encouraged be- because that this gospel that he was preaching imprisoned him. They still found encouragement in that. Hmm. Why? Because God was working it for the good. They understood that even if they were persecuted and imprisoned for preaching the gospel they were okay with that they were good with that why because what we hope for is not something that we see here today that's why you know he elaborates mm-hmm. that right there right before the scripture is pointed out but man there, there's so much power there's so much truth and encouraging um encouragement within scriptures when they are in its proper context yeah and when we actually seek to study the scriptures and to see and ask ourselves, even, you know, some of these questions may sound simple questions, like something that a kid will ask, will be like a child, ask these questions that you may see the truth in these scriptures. I mean, even just in that, what is the good? We, we all like to assume, oh, I know what the good is. Mm-hmm. It is that I get this car. No. <laughs> If you actually asked these questions and actually looked for the answers, you would see that the good would be the glory revealed to us. Yeah. Let us ask questions and let us seek the answers in the word. Amen. 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 So if you take anything from this episode, churros are for eating and scripture is for edification. 
Are they spiritual eating? Spiritual. Uh, I try to. I try to relate the two somehow. But yeah, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> so remember, twist churros and not scripture. Man should not live on churros alone, but on <laughs> every the word that comes from. That was taken out of context. <laughs> We're gonna start implanting churros and everything. <laughs> but hey, I gotta. I gotta say this though, man. Like, um, shout out to John the Presby, man. Shout out to John the Presby. <laughs> Cultura, man, because actually I got that phrase from him. I ain't, I ain't gonna, I ain't even gonna front, dude. Well, yo, I, we went the whole episode and you didn't say a thing. <laughs> Dang. Well, I, I'm saying it right now, dude. I, <laughs> I got that phrase from, from, from Jonathan, dude. He, he said it one time because I was just clowning, and I said, I said, uh, all things are possible to him that believeth. And he said, twist churros, not scripture, bro. <laughs> and that stuck with me. I was like, man, I'm, I'm gonna take that. So shout out to Jonathan, man. I took that. And shout out to Red Rudy because he actually um, uh, used that 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 phrase in one of his uh, uh, sermons. And you know, next thing you know, it's gonna be a hashtag, man. It's gonna be a big old thing. You know what I mean? Stay tuned for the churro shirts coming your way. The churro shirts. The churro shirts. So hey, this man. is any, any last words? Any last words before? No, no. This was just like a. Uh, a breather episode I guess you would say in between um, I mean this this is an enjoying I mean I I, I like doing these type of episodes yeah. um, when we don't have and you know a whole series that we're trying to go through but we gonna get it in yes though. yes so stay tuned because in our following episode we're gonna have a special guest ooh, and then ooh, and then ooh, after ooh. that we're gonna go into a series that may take a <laughs> take a bit of time so we're trying to you know stay tuned for next go through week. a lot we have a lot planned and, yeah, and you know man. we want to get through it all right now but, but we have to try to day be patient day, man day by day stay tuned for next week man we're gonna yeah. have a very special guest y'all ain't gonna want to miss next week's episode i'm telling y'all bruh and after that then we're gonna go get into our next theological series which is gonna be very very important um and it's completely relevant even to the times i know i know we, we finished that conversation but this doctrine this biblical doctrine mm, man we're gonna get it in with this one right here so gracias for listening this far um, don't forget to hit up refundrasa.com or refundrasa at gmail.com. Shoot us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, and also send us a voicemail um, on the bottom. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can scroll to the bottom of this description page and you can hit that button where it says leave a voicemail, and you can actually leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on our episode. So if you want to be podcast famous, go ahead and do that. And don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and on Facebook. We got cool things coming your way. So stay tuned for all that. So this is Reform Raza. We do this to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Grow as we grow. Arratovatos. Later. Peace. Because this is for